But today is a holiday. Today is a holy day. It is the eighth day of the week. It is the Lord's Day. And so as I say every single Sunday, kinfolk, happy Sunday. Beloved of God, let us pray. Holy God, most merciful, heavenly dove, descend and inhabit our hearts and renew our minds once more. Amen. There's a really funny um, sketch, a comedy sketch that I saw recently somebody sent to me, and it's a set in a church on a Sunday morning, and the, and the preacher gets up into the pulpit, and he doesn't have a sermon for the day, and so he just decides to tell the people what he really thinks about them. And uh, he gets up in there, and he just kind of heaves a big sigh, and he says, you guys, stop being bad. <laughs> That's his whole sermon. He says, you're supposed to be good, but you're being bad. Why are you doing that? You guys are making me look bad in front of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and then he opens his Bible. He says, oh, what's that? It's Jesus. He says, stop it. The word of the Lord. Uh, now, that's kind of funny. But this, I can assure you, I honestly share with you uh, uh, every single Sunday the truth of the gospel as best as I can understand it myself. Uh, in the light of our traditions together and the education that I've received, I couldn't pull a preaching punch if I tried um, but on a number of occasions, after preaching a particular sermon, this, that, the other thing, somebody will pull me aside after worship, and um, they'll look kind of, maybe a little, little, little nervous. And they'll say, uh, that was an awfully specific uh, message, preacher. Uh, was that sermon about me? Uh, and I always say, um, yes, it was. <laughs> it is about you. Of course it's about you. It's always about you, but not in any specific or personal way. Uh, Jesus is good at this exact sort of thing. If you watch in his interactions with his disciples, he will approach topics of their life together that seem very specific to some of them, get them a little bit nervous and on edge. Um, but sometimes Jesus is also exasperated in his preaching. Guys, come on. You're making me look bad in front of God. And he gets exasperated. Um, my favorite expression of this is, is also from Luke chapter 6. It's from later on in the chapter um, but he's reiterating all of the things that he wants us to do. And he uh, closes on verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord and not do what I ask you to do? Guys, stop. I, I tacked that last bit on at the end. But Luke 6, this entire chapter of Luke 6, is, it, is, um, it is orthodoxy. It is right belief. But it's also Jesus' orthopraxy, orthopraxy, which is right action. The entirety of Luke chapter 6 is a step-by-step -step guide on how to practice the Jesus way, the, 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 really the religion of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's not uh, just believe in me and you go to heaven when you die. Um, would that it were that simple. Read Luke chapter 6, all of it. I'll, I will summarize it here for you as briefly as I can. So, here are the, what I think are the important bits. Don't get hung up on the letter of the law and use that as an excuse to disobey the spirit of the law. Pray before you undertake any major project. God, your Creator, is especially concerned about the condition of the poor, the hungry, and those who are suffering pain, 
And so you should be likewise. God is likewise pleased by people who do the right thing, even when it's unpopular. God is less concerned with the condition of the wealthy, the full, the contented, and the popular celebrities, and we should be likewise. Be kind. Do good deeds for your enemies. Give more than is asked to those who are in need. Don't loan stuff to people. Just give it to them. And don't pass judgment and condemn people. First of all, that's not your job. And second of all, when you do that, you're probably just making yourself into a hypocrite. Produce good works. When you meet someone, pay attention to what they do, not just what they say. And you do this stuff, and you will have a delightful life filled with joy and good stuff. Uh, Don't call me Lord and refuse to do the things that I just told you to do. Okay. And then I always think to myself, maybe Jesus would think at this part, he says, if you'd have done the stuff I told you, you wouldn't be in this mess in the first place. Um, or maybe it's, it's not my fault, you're, you're in a mess. Uh, last week we did talk about consequential versus uh, retribution in terms of wrath. Jesus' message for us today in Luke chapter 6 is it's consequential. It's not do these things or else I'm going to smite you. It's do these things and the consequences of doing them will be beneficial to you. Your life will improve in countless ways. Don't do them, well, I'm going to deal with the consequences. This is the golden way. The way of gold is the way I think of it in my mind that kind of surrounds the golden rule. And we have the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But the way of gold, or the golden way, is all of these practices in Luke chapter 6 that surround it, that kind of tell us how to put it into operation. For a long time, I've been especially fascinated by the concept of the Atman. Atman is a Sanskrit word from uh, Indian philosophy and Orthodox Hindu theology. Uh, It's a Sanskrit word that just means self. But of course, it's a lot more complicated than that, because there's only one Atman, there's only one self in Hindu theology theology, that self lives every single life. And as you die and are reborn into another life, be it a life in the future or the past, you will suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fate that that life has to bear. That's the rub. So when you harm someone else, you will then experience that harm as you go through that life. But every good deed that you do, likewise, you will experience on your journey through that life. I like this because it's very fair and it's quite just. In the writings of the Catholic mystic and theologian Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, you will continue to do this, be reborn in this fashion, until at last, at the end, the very last, you're born in a manger in Bethlehem. So this is the way of gold. Do the good things for those you can because in doing so, you will be improving your own experience of life. Okay, pastor, I thought it was faith alone that gives salvation and God doesn't care about our works. You are up there preaching works righteousness and that preacher on TV said that that's a sin. Okay, um, first of all, I'm not preaching works righteousness. Jesus is. 
Uh, and second of all, it doesn't matter because you can't have one without the other. All of this stuff, all of, all of this, all of it is contingent on you and me desiring to live a life with Jesus. It's a choice. It's a choice. Being a Christian person is completely meaningless unless it's a choice. So, well, you say, I don't want to help the poor. I think it's probably their own fault that they're poor. And I don't want to help immigrants. They're scary and I don't like their food. And I want to I wanna, uh, judge young people harshly who make bad decisions. Okay, and on and on it goes, okay. That is your right as an American. It's your right as a free-thinking person. You say, I want to be rich, and I want, to, I want everyone in the world to like me as I'm conflict-averse. Go for it. Um, as Pistol says to Falstaff, the world is my oyster, and I with sword shall open it. Or if you say, I want to be a violent person. I want people to be afraid of me. I want to intimidate them. You know, I want to be like a sheepdog amongst uh, sheep or whatever. I want to be the Lord and master of my faith. You go for that. Get back to me. Let me know how it turns out for you. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in this blessed thing, and I've read it many times, does it say that, uh, does it say that following Jesus is not simply one option among many. The Bible is very clear on this point that faith and following Jesus Christ in our practice is a choice. It's a choice. My God, what does Joshua say? Choose for yourself this day which God you will serve. For there are many, as for me and mine, we will choose to serve the Lord. All right. I'm gonna, I want to say this again because of how important it is. Neither myself nor the chief of police, uh, nor the city uh, manager, nor the kings and queens of the world, or the pope and all his buddies, none of these people have the authority to compel you to follow Jesus. God doesn't even assume this authority. It is a choice. It must be a choice. So then... And so then, of course, don't you know, be a hypocrite. Don't, don't say you follow Jesus and then just don't. He doesn't want us to do that. That's, um, there's, there's a word for that. It's called cheap grace. Um, there's a lot of that going around in the church today. It's a lot of it predicated on saying the right words, um, praying some sort of special magical prayer uh, that then is, affects your salvation and the disposition of your immortal soul. <clears throat> that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to do what he teaches in Luke chapter 6. Um, all right, so then why? <laughs> why choose to do these things? I mean, if we're laying it all on the table, why, why, would it, why would you do the things in Luke chapter 6 when the world provides so many uh, appealing, attractive alternatives to Luke chapter 6? If you're going to get some angel wings and pie in the sky when I die? No, and Jesus doesn't offer that. That's not what he's offering. But his promises are not vague. He's not interested in having a transactional relationship with us. He's offering us a passport. He's offering us admission. Uh, 
into a place. Not, not just like a place to go after we die. That's part of it. I want to be clear. But uh, he's promising a citizenship in a kingdom that's here, that's alive, that's actually all around us right now. Uh, it's access to a place where we can go and live. And by living in, in this place, we are liberated, we are loved, and in receiving that love, we're made whole again. Uh, and best of all, especially for me, because I need this, we experience peace. Jesus describes it as a peace that surpasses understanding. Okay, well, you know, maybe you don't want that. Maybe you, maybe you want to have a private jet and a you know, big indoor swimming pool. Or, or the, as I always think, the most ridiculous thing is a big, huge boat that has a swimming pool in the boat. I think that's so uh, ridiculously ironic. Like I said, it's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, it's, a, it's a good choice, I promise you. Uh, the best part is that by leaning on and living into the Jesus movement, you attract other really wonderful human beings to join you. That's what he promises you, you followers of the Lamb, you who take his lessons and do what he says, you're the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket on the lampstand. You get to shine before others. You give glory to your Father in heaven. All right, so there are always, there are going to be those who want the world to give glory to them instead of giving glory to God. Um, and I would suggest to them, and you may be among them, that, m- that maybe the Jesus movement is, is not a, a great fit for you. You know, there's a lot, you know, maybe try Scientology or something. Those people seem to have a lot of money. Um, but I personally believe in my life that having and belonging to a community of disciples, people who you know that you can trust and depend on, people who aren't out there trying to separate you from the contents of your wallet or use you to get what they want, but rather people who see the beautiful light that is inside of you and want to help you light the way for others, that that is the most righteous and precious life we can live. So live into the way of Jesus Christ, the way of gold, We are not just religious converts or simply sinners who've been saved once and for all. This thing is is, is not just fire insurance. Um, We have ourselves a religious practice. It does things to the world around us. It brings us immeasurable joy and peace that cannot be purchased at any price. And practice it, we must, until for us, compassion comes as naturally as breathing. Forgiveness of others becomes our rest And Jesus Christ himself is our Sabbath. That is the inheritance that is worth working toward and a life worth living. Amen? Amen.